you're standardized across everything. So, you know, the, those margins are similar for every player. You know, there's always going to be fringe things. The, the system remains true for everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show. We talk about the business of sports, media, innovation, data, of course. Uh, we are here on Radio Row at the Super Bowl in Arizona. I almost forgot where we were. I'm Joe Favorito, along with Scott Rosner. Here we are on the Wednesday, Scott, and we continue to move along. So, Joe, you got the day right. We're actually in Phoenix. So that's. I said that's, Arizona, didn't you? You did say oh, Arizona, sorry. but we are specifically in Phoenix, right. so, that, so that's good. And imagine, folks, if Joe had actually gone out hard last night, what yeah. that would have looked like, what he'd be thinking. At least he got the day right. So good start, Joe. So I've been sitting in this beautiful convention center since 7 30 this morning. It is coming up on 3 47. So uh, it's been a good day and actually really interesting for Wednesday. Uh, but we really want to talk about the data side of football, I think. Uh, with one of the, if, if not the preeminent company, um, not just for people in the industry, but fans know it as well right now. So, yeah, it's amazing. Um, and so, a, a company that really, you know, has it's it's been around and it will and will and will and will get to the whole evolution of it. But it really has taken off uh, in in the last few years. And we'll talk about a couple of flashpoints as to why that may have happened. Uh, but go, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, I'm Gordon McGinnis, uh, head of content at PFF. So PFF, for those who don't know, Pro Football Focus. Um, and so take us through the evolution of the company uh, first. Because you've been there 10 years, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I've been there pretty much Here's since the start. Um, so so the company started out, a guy Neil Hornsby um, formed it. Uh, he wanted to kind of test the narratives that he was seeing and hearing about how good certain players were. Um, so we created this company to collect data and grade players. Um, that was back 2010, 2011, around about that time. Um, I started out as a part-time member of staff, just doing some basic data collection. Uh, came on board full-time a little bit after that. Um, been there for 10 years, but about, I think it was around about 2014, is when uh, Chris Collinsworth uh, purchased the majority stake in the company. Um, we then started doing college football as well. So we now supply data to all 32 teams in the NFL and a lot of colleges as well. So let's talk a little bit about a, a couple things. One, in the evolution. So the company is there. It's, it's actually like known at this point, for those of us who have been following this for a while, and, uh, you know, Neil was was a frequent guest. Uh, we used to host a, a, a show on SiriusXM, and Neil was a frequent guest uh, of many of the shows then. So it was it was well known, but it was really an insider, you know, focus company. If you knew football, you really followed it closely. You knew PFF, um, but then when Chris Collinsworth comes in, uh, and it becomes more of a consumer uh, face to it, right? How did that change, if anything, what was going on at the company? So on the it, uh, it doesn't really change anything in terms of like how we collect the data, but what it does change is that you have to be like a lot more conscious of people's perception of you. And the fact that we had Chris there was really helpful in the sense that we had someone who understood the media and the consumer world. So he brought in people at the company to help us with that transition to to doing that. And timing wise, I think it also coincided with 
the rise of podcasts, the rise of social media and stuff like that. So it was a natural fit as well, I think. Mm. And, and talk a little bit about the data and how it came about because when you look for media members, especially when they're looking for best-in-class analytics, PFF always comes up at the top. Um, how did the data collection and then the analysis evolve from when you started to where it is today? Yeah, so back when I first started collecting um, data, so one of the things we do is we collect player participation, so who is on the field on each snap. When I first started, that was done uh, in Excel. You just, you know, you had the players all set up there, you'd type in LWR for left wide receiver, all that stuff. Um, the, the grading system was all in like an access database and you had to upload the game and all that stuff. Um, it's now like an online tool that we use for everything. So there's uh, like a group of people that collect like base play-by-play information, so what down and distance, all that stuff. And then other people are going in on top of that, doing the player participation just as part of that. And then the people doing the actual grading itself as well, the whole things there that they can just select everything from a drop down. So it's made it a lot more efficient, which probably allows us to collect more data and, and do it faster. And is it still based on the plus neutral negative on each play for every player? Yeah. So probably it, something that might not be that well known is that so it used to be obviously and you guys will know this from back in the day on the website the consumer product was plus and minus um, and it's now this zero to hundred almost kind of madden rating thing which I, I think really is it's because it's easier for people to understand um, like for just general football fans they understand it's similar to madden um, but the actual grading itself is still done in plus and minus so on every on every play a player can get a grade between minus two and plus two in, in 0.5 increments um, and then it's you know all those plays add up it goes into the system where normalization kicks in and that puts out a zero to 100 grade so before we get a little bit deeper on, on the numbers we kind of buried the lead scott so how does a scotsman get involved in professional american football so I uh, it's a natural fit obviously yeah 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 so. I um, about 22 years ago I think it was I just stumbled across uh, Ravens Raiders in the AFC Championship game on wow. TV it wasn't the Scottish Claymores it was not no. okay. <laughs> um, and I just started watching the game and was like oh this is quite interesting watched the Super Bowl a couple of weeks later and then the next season just watched it every week and I, I was just obsessed with this idea of like the kind of chess element whereby there's you know all this theory and everything going on alongside it um, and then I just happened to be on the same message board that Neil Hornsby was on <laughs> and he and he just asked people like you know said he would want to help out with some data collection and I just worked in retail at that point and was like yeah I'd like to give this a go and just spiraled um, and the business obviously now has grown uh, it's probably self-evident but tell us how gambling the, the growth of gambling in this country has affected the growth of PFF in terms of adoption for consumers yeah I think at one anytime gambling grows it creates like more of a neutral interest in sport anyway because all of a sudden someone who didn't have a written interest in a game now does because they're going to bet on you know rushing yards whatever the spread is etc um, and when they do that they want good data to be able to look at to help them make their picks and, and help decide those things so just naturally with that 
and that's kind of where we come in. Uh, one more question, just along those lines. The proprietary um, work that you do for teams, does it ever become an issue where, you know, the Ravens will say, well, how come the Chiefs had certain things or we didn't have something? How does it work and how are you able to kind of compartmentalize the work that you do for different teams? Yeah, so there's like, there's a couple of different products that we offer to teams. Um, and it's all, I guess it's probably a little bit like a kind of a la carte service whereby it's all available to all of them. Some of them take all of it, some of it take 75% of it, um, stuff like that. Who are your, not to give you know big credence to the others, but who are the main competitors in your space now who have evolved? Because PFF has been doing it for a long time. You've seen a lot of folks come, some have already gone in the space. Who are the big competitors that you have in the space? Yeah, well, what I think is really interesting is um, the kind of newcomer in the space is uh, Statsball, who are the uh, soccer guys. And interestingly, like they are branching into football as we are branching into soccer. Um, and I, I did that before before moving back to become head of content. For a couple of years, I helped set up like our data collection stuff on the on the soccer site. So um, they've obviously had a, a lot of success in soccer. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they do in, in football too. Um, talk a little bit about um, the engagement with teams. You know, what is it like without going into specific for teams? Um, ex general manager, ex head of player personnel contacts you. What is that process like, and, and what is it that you're doing that's customized for every team? How is it different? Yeah, so we've got like we've got an entire service side of the company now who they, they're involved in like outreach to teams, but also answering any questions that the teams have. Um, but like going back a couple of years when I was more involved in the uh, kind of data side of things, when we would be at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis, um, like we would have meetings with teams, and that would be the point where teams would have like we would present anything new we were doing but they would also like ask us any questions and I remember uh, once having a discussion with uh, an assistant special teams coach um, and someone else like asked like about the grades and the grades there was obviously a, con a kind of contentious point you know sometimes people are like well do you know the play call all this stuff right and one of the things I remember is this assistant coach stop the quality control person who was about to ask like how do you know what you're doing in the grades and he basically said that from his experience of going through the grades he would say at worst he agreed with 90 percent so if he knows that 90 percent right. accurate he can use that to start his analysis in the game so and one of the things we've always talked about is this this the difficulty in a complex interdynamic sport like like american football where what the player's responsibility are is in each particular play is incredibly important to figuring out whether they carried out their, their job in, in that particular role. But And so while you may get that wrong at the margins, right, and there is some noise at the margins in the grand scheme of things, the big picture, you're, you're getting it largely right, right, where you, it might be, yeah, you might have gotten a, a negative in one and a positive in another, um, and, you know, but grand scheme of things, you're, you're getting it right. Yeah, that's, I think that's exactly what it is. And then also, you're, you're standardized across everything. So, you know, the, those margins are similar for every player. You know, there's always going to be fringe things. The, the system remains true for everyone. So what does PFF and the ratings tell you about the Super Bowl coming up? Uh, I think it confirms what most people know, that these are probably the two best teams in football this year. Uh, the Eagles are phenomenally deep on the defensive line. Um, 
and Patrick Mahomes remains a unicorn that might be able to himself make up the gap that um, the Eagles probably have as like an overall roster. So was and was Mahomes? I take it Mahomes was the highest rated quarterback this year on PFF. I think he was second, but there was like a stretch where there was like a couple of games that kind of brought him down. Brought him down, yeah. right? So in aggregate, he is what we what he looks like, yeah. right? On, yeah. on, on film, right? Um, one other thing I wanted to ask about another piece of the business before we let you go. Obviously, when Chris Collinsworth came in, it opened up the media side of the business, and NBC and Peter King and everyone have been incredibly supportive. How has that side of the business grown, and how is it going to continue to grow? Yeah, it's grown. It's grown a lot in the sense that um, we started being used on other places, um, and it also it just allowed us the resource to go and hire people who can be communications and PR people who can. You know, their day to day job is talking to people to allow PFF people to come on, you know, podcasts like this to talk like this. about things. Yeah. <laughs> And in my role now, the, the aim to grow it is we're putting a big focus in our um, PFF NFL show, which is Sam Monson and Steve Palazzolo. Mm-hmm. That's moving to five days a week this year. Um, and we're just, that's what our focus for video is going to be. So we are still going to do the other podcasts we do, uh, but they're going to be kind of handled by the people who are doing the podcast themselves, whereas this is the show that we're going to put all our, all our energy into. Cool. That's yeah, super interesting. I mean, and it's funny as as someone who's done some uh, some consulting work uh, where needed to look at player ratings. PFF, you know, certainly comes into play um, in evaluating kind of the players. You know, what is the the player's earning capacity? What is the player's role on a team? What could it be going forward? There's a lot of different things that uh, that one could look at, right? Um, and certainly, PFF is is a really valuable tool uh, to some people when they look at it, right? Cool. You know, it's funny, as you guys were talking about stats and evaluation, I'm reading Joe Madden's book right now, and his whole thing is don't suck. So that, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, that's why the best role that the coaches can give is just don't suck today. Um, cool. Last question is run through all the sites, the podcasts, as many as you can, so people can follow. And those who don't know, you know, should engage, especially for all our Scottish fans, which we probably have at least a dozen. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, pff.com uh, is the website where you're going to get everything uh, Pro Football Focus on YouTube and at PFF on Twitter. Cool. Great. Awesome. Gordon, thank you so much. That was in- incredibly interesting. Love the work that you're doing. Please do uh, keep it going. Um, and uh, we look forward to continuing to follow PFF through all its different uh, different media. Cool. And once again, Gordon McGinnis from P- Pro Football Focus has been joining us. I'm Joe Favorito, along with Scott Rosner here on Radio Row. Thanks for listening to the Super Bowl edition of The Cusp Show.